Hi, good evening. Welcome. Thanks for joining us here at Channel 17 Town Meeting Television for our continuing coverage of Town Meeting 2020. We are talking to the candidates for City Council for Ward 8 in the City of Burlington. Adam Roof is a two-term incumbent and he's running as Democrat and Jane Stromberg, welcome, is running as a progressive. And we have a, many calls on deck, which means there's a lot of interest in Ward 8. And very, very exciting because is Ward 8 a very big word? It's a very small word. It is small but mighty small. <laughs> exactly, so that's great news. But I am going to have the candidates deliver opening statements before we take questions from the people. So, Adam, why don't you tell us why you're running and what sure. qualifies you? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, Long Glenn, thank you for, for having us in here again. It's always good being here, and thank you, of course, for the work that you and your team do for the community. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Adam Roof, and I'm running to continue my work uh, as your Ward 8 City Councilor. For anyone that knows me, I am a lover of public policy. And I'm a believer in the power of policy to transform people's lives and communities for the better. But for this introduction, I wanted to talk a little bit about who I am and what guides me. Um, I think we'll talk about policy a little bit later on. Uh, I'm a middle child born to two of the greatest people that I've ever met in my life. And both of my parents lost parents when they were young. And so they spent every day working to give myself and my siblings the opportunities that, frankly, they never had. Um, they succeeded. And in 2012, I was the first person in my family to graduate from college. And during my time at UVM, I became impassioned with serving this amazing community. In 2000, um, also while in school, and a little bit earlier than, than when I graduated, but still in school, I was inspired by Barack Obama in his first election. And his message of hope and change resonated with me. And even though I wasn't raised in a political family, I became motivated to get involved, which is why after college, I decided to work as an organizer, uh, electing progressive Democrats in and around the Boston area. Uh, not after too long, I decided to come back to set roots here in Vermont. Uh, it was on the tail end of the financial recession, and I had to start my own business and get a side hustle bartending downtown here in Burlington, um, which is what uh, motivated me to to get involved in the nightlife industry, which I've been working on uh, for, as a city councilor for the last five years. Sure. Um, you know, I, I wanted to tell that story because too often, if, like I said, if anyone knows me, I love policy, and sometimes I forget to talk about who I am. And I think in today's world, we sometimes forget that people who are running for office and serving in office are people. Um, and, uh, and I want to stop there, and maybe I'll wrap up a little bit more on our closing, but thank you. Very, yeah. very good. Thank you, Adam Roof. Jane Stromberg, your opening statements. Yeah. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Jane Stromberg, and I'm running for city council because we as a community are facing very time-sensitive issues here in the city. Um, we are under a climate emergency. We are forced, uh, facing a housing affordability issue. We have a lot of um, public policy issue regarding, um, you know, having trust within our um, you know, public safety officials in the city. So therefore, social justice issues are having, you know, a lack of attention, unfortunately. And, you know, there are a lot of bread and butter, but bread and butter issues as well, um, including, um, you know, recycling and trash pickup, uh, balanced housing, and, um, you know, I've heard a lot about trucks, like large commercial trucks going up and down Bradley Street. And like, these are things that are important to all of us, even if they're not these large national and global issues. And, you know, as well as, like, 
in terms of my qualifications, in May I was the first person to graduate college in my family with degrees in political science and environmental science. I worked five jobs while in college to try and make ends meet in five different departments. And I, you know, I was the president of the Renewable Energy Network at UVM, uh, which is an organization that connects students to professionals in the industry. Um, I was the co-chair of the UVM Progressives and a fellow for Our Climate. Um, as I also sat on the board of uh, the largest environmental and consumer advocacy group here in the state of Vermont, VPIRG, for over three years. So I'm confident that I am um, qualified and ready to serve this ward um, professional, from my professional experience and my lived-in experience. Wonderful. Thank you so thank much, you. Jane. <coughs> All right. So thank you, patient callers. Um, I'm going to just ask that you direct your question to both candidates, and uh, we will start with you. Good evening, caller. Do you have a question for the candidates? I do. Um, I was wondering how long they have lived in Ward 8 and how they feel their time there translate to their ability to represent the Ward 8 community on council. Okay, thank you very much. So, Jane, how long have you lived in Ward 8, and how does that translate to your representation of the district? Well, I have lived in the East District my entire time here in Burlington, and I have lived in between Ward 8 and Wards 1, um, you know, my entire time. So I've been in Ward 8 for over half the time here um, that I've lived in the city, and so I think that would translate to about over three years now. Yeah. All right, very good. How about you, Adam? I lived in Ward 8 before it was Ward 8. Um, it, it became Ward 8 in 2015 after redistricting happened, of course. And uh, I've lived in other parts of the city as well. I've lived in Ward 3 and Ward 2 and Ward 1. Um, you know, I think what's unique about Ward 8, and you got to go back and think about how it was created. And I think that in 2015, a lot of the residents, whether they be student residents, young professionals, or families, uh, felt like it was a ward of the left behinds. And that's what I, what I know a lot of people felt like at that time. And, you know, one thing that I was uniquely positioned to do at the time, and I think that I still am, is to broker those relationships between uh, different communities who have felt like they were left behind by the city. And over the last five years, I've worked to make sure that um, that no longer is, uh, is something that they're feeling. All right. Very good. Yeah. Thank you. Good evening. Do you have a question for the candidates? Um, hi. Question. Um, it's for Adam. You started the city-based development. Can I just and pause you? I just need to pause you. Can you turn the volume down in the background, and then we could hear you better? Oh yeah. Sorry. That's a question for both um, candidates. This question is for Adam. You supported the city place development and in 2018 said there's no indication that I've seen that this project is at great risk. In retrospect, did you display a lack of good judgment on the issues of development? Okay, thank you so much. So um, I'd like you both to actually answer that question, yeah. you on City Place and your view on that question of City Place. And I'm happy to start since point. it was directed yes. at me. Um, Please do. No, uh, no, I stand by my, my, my vote. I stand by my levels of, of support at, at different times for that project. Look, let's be realistic about what we're talking about here. And I understand the caller's frustration and maybe the motivation as well. Uh, but we had a dying mall that was literally ripping, was a, was a tear in our community, not allowing us to get to, uh, to each other from the north end to the south end. Um, that was, in my eyes, uh, just as bad as any pit that we might have today. Now, with the information that the city council had at the time, uh, the, the move to support that project was, I believe, sound. I would go back and, of course, hindsight's always twenty twenty, but I would go back and support it in the same way 
that I did then uh, and I still support it today, namely for the, the much needed housing and affordable housing that it will garner, uh, for the office space to allow more people to, to, to work in the downtown and added retail space for our economy to grow in our, in our downtown as well. Um, this is not a, a dead project. I think that we should still be supportive of it. Uh, and I remain supportive of it, even with the frustrations that have come. And I've been one of the more steady hands on the council and pushing for a reasonable approach to these delays. Um, more extreme views on it have uh, luckily not won the day. And we are hopefully now moving towards a construction start date this August. Is it behind? Yes. Is it going to bring the community value that we were hoping for? I believe so. Thank you so much. What's your view on the City Place project and timeline? Yeah, well, I, I differ with Adam on this. I do not agree with the fact that um, it's an improvement to our city. Um, and I think that there was a lot of um, rushed frustration in terms of formulating the plan. Um, I think that the community was not uh, properly engaged in making this decision to start this project. Um, I think that, I honestly think that it was more so a half-baked idea and is now displacing so many um, different uh, community members in our in our um, city here in Burlington. And I just, I, you know, it's a little disheartening to see the lack of um, follow-up and the lack of community engagement in general regarding this topic. Um, and you know we're seeing that too in general with development in the city um, a lot of privatization a lot of um, trying to build ourselves out of this mess that we currently find ourselves in with affordability um, you know I hope that you're right about you know this building the economy and, and creating a more centralized healthy vibrant place for our downtown but I sincerely doubt that that is going to be the case and I think that we need to really focus on um, pre preparing for this to finish but also preparing to um, make sure that this doesn't happen again somewhere else. Okay, thank you very much. Good evening. Do you have a question for the candidates? Yes, I do. Let's hear it. Um, both uh, the opponents in this race have mentioned climate policy. Climate policy. Um, Jack Hansen, the city councilor most trusted on climate issues, Dwayne Peterson, um, and most leaders in the UVM divestment movement have all supported Jane. Um, why do you think that is, um, or what do both climate candidates have to say? I'm trying to figure out how to, how to formulate that question. So is your question, can you just restate it? I think you know what the question is. Um, you, you understand what the question is? <laughs> I didn't. Yes. Just restate it. Is the question why are climate activists supporting Jack Hansen and Jane? Why are climate activists supporting Jane Stromberg? Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Okay. Jane, why are climate activists supporting you? Well, I have a long history of being involved with the divestment movement at UVM specifically. Um, I have been leading the Renewable Energy Network, like I said before, but also doing a lot of coalition building at the university and with um, organizations throughout the state. And um, I have absolutely been involved with environmental justice, environmental health, climate justice, uh, water quality research, all of these things that are all encompassing in our community. Um, I've been bringing forth um, and organizing like climate marches and 
been involved with Sunrise even before Sunrise had like a Burlington hub. Um, so I think that just my openness and, um, you know, kind of fierce commitment to this specific issue um, that is literally affecting each and every one of us um, is something that resonates with students at UVM and, and Champlain College and all young people, young professionals, young families, long-term residents. This is something that it, it's a global issue and I'm proud to put that right forthright on my platform and talk about it on a daily basis because mm -hmm. this is something that is you know, it, it kind of has tendrils in every single category of our life. Mm -hmm. And if we're not properly addressing it, then we're doing ourselves a great disservice and our, the future, you know, of our, of our planet a great disservice. Okay, thank you. And what's your position on climate change activism? Um, climate change activists, you know, I don't think they, you know, I don't believe that every single one of them supports either candidate here, um, but you know, also those who are climate activists who are also our friends, I would imagine will support your friends. Um, look, my record on climate action has, is clear, and my record frankly speaks for itself. Um, Burlington uh, has been for a long time, and I think even more so in these recent years, has become one, of, become one of the most, if not is the most, bold uh, community on taking action, whether it be through our zoning laws, in our form-based code that now requires, and I was a big supporter of this, uh, large buildings over 50,000 square feet in our downtown need to be LEED Gold certified and handle more than 100% of the, the water, the stormwater that falls on it. Uh, the, the, the major investment that I was supportive of and, and passed by the, also was passed by the voters for lake health and water, water wastewater infrastructure investment. Um, you know, and also this issue of divestment, which quite frankly is not a a city council issue, but something that I've appreciated, Jane, you stepping up and leading on, and I think I've been right there leading on as well. Uh, myself, as long, uh, along with student body president Jillian Skinnell and, and Sophie Smith at UVM wrote an op-ed, uh, really laying out the case for how to get the Board of Trustees to move through the process of divestment. Um, I've been working with the, the organized group as well. I know you have been, uh, uh, Jane, as well, but there are ways to move through the University of Vermont Board of Trustees process as a former trustee at UVM, I know this, um, to move towards divestment in a, in a realistic way. Um, and, I'm, and I'm hopeful that this, that will work. Uh, for more information on, on the work that I've done for on climate action, you can go to my website and I encourage you all to look at my proposal to fund sustainable and alternative transportation systems throughout our, our community, what I'm calling plus one for climate action. I have to ask this question. Are you suggesting that Jane is not realistic in her approach to climate activism? Um, that's not what I'm saying, no. What I'm saying, to be very clear, is that there are ways to move through this conversation around divestment in a way that is more realistic, and then there are ways more to... More realistic than... Yeah, well, look, in order to get to the point of UVM Board of Trustees voting on divestment, they need to go through their formal due diligence, which has to happen under the umbrella of their decision-making process. And so, you know, showing up the Board of Trustees meeting and, and asking them to vote isn't going to happen. It's something you can do at city council. You can come and if you're loud enough, we can call a motion on the floor and, and get something done. Board of trustees only meet four times a year. You have to be more strategic about that. I'm a believer in the principles of divestment. I'm a believer in the promise of divestment. There are, there are financial instruments now that you can invest in that compete with the fossil fuel industry, uh, but you have to have the conversation in the context of the power structure at EVM. If not, you're wasting your time. Do you have a follow-up? Well, I think that the city councilor, each and every city councilor 
sitting on council has a voice, has an opinion, represents a body of people. And I think that I think that that's our or your responsibility to really kind of bring forth these ideas of divestment regardless mm -hmm. of the system that is in place at UVM. I think that yeah. it's 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 it makes sense to openly talk about it and push for it even within the city council and make that a regular conversation. Yeah. And just to be clear, I mean, we've, we have talked about it at city council. We've moved forward divestment at the city council level. The city council does not have authority over the board of trustees. And I've used my voice, I think, effectively in moving this conversation forward at, at the University of Vermont level. Thank you so much. Sure. Next question. Do you have a question for the candidates? Hello. Awesome. We're going to just move on. <laughs> Good evening. Do you have a question for the candidates? I do, yeah. Let's hear it. Um, so I was just wondering, um, uh, I have a quote here from Adam. Um, he defended the mayor's actions following a police misconduct case. Um, so I was going to say, um, so following the mayor's cover-up of the police misconduct, Adam, you defended the mayor's actions. I have his quote written down here. Everyone is going to have a penny on this. Everyone loves being a Monday morning quarterback. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the question is, do you defend the mayor's action related to the disciplining of the chief of police? Um, do I defend the mayor's action? So I mean, obviously I think there's some, a lot of uh, political motivation behind, behind that question, which is completely fine. Um, it is politics we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, no, of course. Um, and so, yes, I defend the, the actions of, of the mayor to the degree that uh, they were made in, in line with what the expectations of his office were, or rather that what they are. Uh, Look, what I'm not defending is the action of former Chief Del Pozo or former Acting Chief uh, Wright. I've been very clear about that. However, we also need to realize that um, in our community, there, we're going to have these, these conversations quite often because this is the new world that we live in. Um, what we do on social media does spill over into real life. Um, and I think that it's an uncharted category. It's an uncharted path of, of how we move through these things. Um, we also recently learned that uh, through charter, the police chief is the one who is uh, responsible for handing down discipline. And so uh, I do think that that needs to be changed. I do think that the mayor has to have uh, the authority to di discipline the police chief and, and others. Um, and, you know, my, my comment about being a Monday morning quarterback uh, is one that I will absolutely stand by because, you know, what we have more so now than I think we have in many years are people who itch at the opportunity to pretend like they would have done something different or better. Uh, and I don't think that that's fair. Um, would I have done something different? I don't know, and I'm not arrogant enough to pretend like I would have made the, the perfect decision under the context of the circumstance. Okay. To ignore the fact that there were, you know, a potential medical issue that was causing these sorts of issues um, would fly in the face of a lot of different principles that we hold dear, uh, including that of uh, how we commit to organized labor and. Uh, the commitments that we make around personnel policies. Okay, thank you okay. so much. Yeah. What's your view on the actions that the mayor took with regard to the disciplining of the former police chief? Well, I think that it's absolutely evidence that we need to put in place um, a system going forward that's actually going to have you know, the appropriate follow-up. And I think one thing I think we should be able to agree on this is that we need a city ethics commission um, sure. in, in general and an accountability-centered police contract. And we need to really look at this kind of broken system that we are functioning in currently, one that discrim discriminates against marginalized community members, one that has clearly not have 
have you know the, the, the cleanest track record as of lately especially. Um, what happened with Del Pozo is horrendous um, and yes you know we could talk about the medical reasons like I'm all for mental health and, 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 mm -hmm. and just health in general um, that's a huge part of why I'm running but um, there is no excuse for that person to have had that outlet legally to say those things there's no excuse for that behavior and I think there's no excuse for the mayor to have um, you know backed that in, in, in one way or another oh. I think it was really inappropriate Okay, so I want to ask, actually pause the call sure. for a second and ask you where you stand on the ballot questions that are before the voters. So I'd just yeah. like to hear where you stand on ballot question one through four. Right, yeah. So, and you're talking about the, the housing trust and the... Well, there's four ballot questions. Mm -hmm. What's your position on them? Well, so the annual housing trust fund, the, mm -hmm. you know, it's going to be on the ballot March 3rd. Um, I think that, you know, I'm all for investing in affordable housing. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that the, within the process of us doing that, we need to realize that we are functioning in a very regressive taxation system here in the city. And we need to find a better avenue to generate more revenue um, moving forward. Um, just for those at home, um, the you know the housing trust fund, um, we allocate right currently right now. And here's what the change will be: it's half a penny per one hundred dollars of the uh, property tax value, going towards one penny, full penny of that hundred dollars and so that is going to be an increase um, it's I think I overheard the mayor say it's 23 or 26 extra dollars per um, household a year extra but I think that that still adds up and it's still moving us in that direction of adding more property taxes which again is regressive so do you support it or don't you I do support it okay yes. and what about the other three um, so questions? yeah so um, the filing of petitions um, I think that this will absolutely help us in terms of um, you know people getting their ballots at the same time. Um, if we push back that filing date, um, people will actually be able to have their ballots mailed to them, not in two separate times, but together. Therefore, they'll have um, it'll probably in increase voter turnout first of all, but also they'll it'll give people time to actually have the city ballot in front of them and be able to do the research that they need. So you support number four? I do. What yeah. about the other two? Um, Non-citizen voting is... It's um, not a ballot question. Well, it's not, not, it's not, well, I do want to talk about it though, because that's incredibly important. Okay, but I'd like to hear what you think about the school budget and the increase in the public safety. Okay, well, school budget, um, you know, obviously, like, I do support that. Okay. You know, that's supporting teachers, and we as a community have a duty to um, make sure that our youth and our, you know, the people of tomorrow are getting the resources and the support that they need throughout the school system. So I do support it. Also, again, another one of those cases of, um, you know, we, we need to be finding new means of revenue. And what about the increase in the public safety tax? I think that that is... Um, yeah, I do. I do support that as well. Okay, yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Thank Sorry, you. I wanted to keep it short. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. Your view of the four ballot questions? Um, I will be voting yes on all questions, one to four. Um, I, I won't go on and on, but I, I do want to just point out that our, our the public safety tax increase is something that I'm uh, especially passionate about. I think that um, one of the core functions of, of local government, any government, but especially at the local level, needs to be providing. Um, public safety or emergency responsiveness at a really high level. And our team at the Burlington Fire Department does an amazing job, but the addition of one new 
uh, not just the addition of one new uh, ambulance, but also the, the nine staff members that will also be joining our city team. Um, it's a, it's a non-trivial expense, but I know that the due diligence was done both at the, the Board of Finance level and the full council level as well, the administrative level, uh, that this is a lean uh, budget for bringing this service online, and I think that we should be enthusiastic of, in supporting it. You know, the, the, the school bond, uh, the, the school budget I will be supporting, but we really have to start talking and partnering with our legislators more about how we can get education spending under control because these, this rate of increase is, is not sustainable. Um, I'll, I'll leave it there. All right, let's yep. just take another question. Good evening. Do you have a question for the candidates? Hi. Yeah, good evening. Um, I have a question for Adam. I'd like you to direct your question to both candidates, please. Oh, sorry. Yeah, we need um, to give Jane some air time. <laughs> um, well, I have another question I guess I could ask awesome. both of them. Great. Um, yeah, do you support rent control and landlord licensing to hold landlords accountable and lower costs on renters? Wonderful. Thank you so much. Adam, your view on rent control. Yeah, um, my, my answer always is what, what kind, because there are many different types of rent control or rent stabilization policies. We have a form of rent control or rent stabilization here in Burlington. It's often referred to as inclusionary zoning or IZ, um, which... If you don't know, it controls for or provides affordable housing for certain people uh, that meet certain affordability metrics. The equation is long and confusing, and we won't go into it right now. Uh, but I am in, in favor of rent stabilization efforts like that. And as far as you know, more uh, you know, aggressive forms of rent control like rent freezes, uh, I think we need to keep everything on the table, certainly for uh, addressing the housing crisis, but any sort of rent control or rent, rent stabilization policy needs to be done in the context of an entire rent stabilization or housing policy. Uh, what we've seen time and time again from the, uh, from the research, from economists, unbiased economists, uh, that if you do rent control is not part of an entire strategy, then it has perverse outcomes and actually ends up hurting the sorts of communities that it is intended to serve. Wonderful. Thank you. Your view, Jane, rent control. Well, I absolutely support rent control here in Burlington. Um, and just to give folks at home some context, uh, UVM, you know, one of the most expensive state schools in the country, one of the largest employers in the state, um, makes an, a huge amount of profit off of housing um, every single year. And those prices are only going up. And the prices that they currently are at are really unaffordable. And the landlord's you know, in more of that downtown district or the surrounding area, uh, use that as a pulpit of, oh, hey, like, even if we can make it, like, 200 bucks cheaper, it, it's going to seem a lot cheaper to students. Meanwhile, it's so much more expensive than it should be. Um, and I read something very recently where it was, like, you know, the average Burlingtonian can afford about $700 in rent, um, and the average rent is upwards of, like, $945. And, it, and it, it is because people are using UVM as that, you know, kind of pulpit, like I said. And we need to hold our, ran, our landlords accountable. And we need to have real conversations with developers and, and people in the area um, to, to do so. Because if we don't, our tenants are falling through the cracks. And there are a lot of people who are not getting the follow-up or the attention they need. And landlord licensing would create those healthy mm. benchmarks to meet for, you know, people to even have tenants. 
So I think it's a fair, it's not a tall order. I mean, we're asking for our um, tenants to have rights here um, and, and for them to be able to know their rights and, and, and you know, these need to be upheld. We're all human beings, you know, young professionals, young adults just trying to stay in Burlington but can't afford to do so simply because of rent. All right, very good. Did you have a follow-up to this? I, I was just, I'm just curious to, um, Maybe we'll follow up on uh, offline. I'm just curious to, to see where um, UVM is, is making a profit off of mm -hmm. its housing. Um, I would just be curious to see what, what, that, what that is. source of data is. So that's just something that I've, I've heard a few times before, and I'm, I'm just not certain where that numbers or that concept is coming from. All right. Um, we have a proposal from the uh, control room, which is to take the questions, hear them, and let you answer each answer one, given that we have four minutes left. Let's see if we can do that. <laughs> Good evening. Do you have a quick question for both candidates? Yes, I do. Let's hear it. So there's obviously a tension between permanent residents and student residents within Ward 8. Can, you, can each candidate give an example of a time when they've worked with students and permanent residents to bridge that divide? Thank you very much. Good evening. Do you have a question for the candidates? Um, my question is, what have they done to support those who are experiencing homelessness in our city, and what are they planning to do in the future? Very good. Thank you so much. Good evening. Do you have a question for the candidates? Okay. Moving good evening. On. Do you have a question for the candidates? Okay. Good evening. <laughs> good evening. Do you have a question for the candidates? Okay. So we got two questions there. One has to do with um, permanent. You can pick, yeah. actually. Why don't you start, Jane? Okay. Um, which one of those questions would you would like to um, answer? Bridging divide between permanent students, residents, or support for homelessness? Sure. Um, I'll take bridging the divide. That's for five hundred. <laughs> yeah, for five hundred. Um, so. Well, I feel like ever since I even moved to Vermont, um, Burlington was the first place I moved to here in in, this, in Vermont, and um, the first thing I did was get involved outside in my community. Um, I started um, doing a lot of work with Turning Point um, and the Howard Center uh, because you know those are places, those are facilities that handle a lot of work that I care about. Um, I grew up in a household that focused on. Uh, drug and alcohol detox. My mom was a drug and alcohol detox count, uh, counselor, so I had a lot of that dialogue in the background. And so um, working with community members, people who want to stay here, and, and a lot of the long-term residents in the area um, addressing, you know, I know homelessness is another question, but bringing those things to, like, my attention in terms of, like, you know, they're my neighbors, you know, and, and so we would have a lot of you know, really good wholehearted conversations about things like that. Um, and I think just in general, like, I, I've been extremely involved with the community, um, you know, doing a lot of organizing. Like, I am extremely inclusive as a person in every way that I, I operate. So, um, you know, any movement that I was ever a part of, like, I would be talking to, like, our neighbors and, and folks off of campus for sure, like, since, the, since the, my first time here, so. Okay, very good. Thank you. Adam, I'll your take, question. I'll take the other one. Homelessness, uh, an, an easy issue. I should be able to do it in 30 seconds. Um, you know, I've, I've worked on homelessness-related issues for the last uh, five years for uh, a lot of different reasons, but, you know, I think my, my approach to working on that sort of issue uh, is to bring folks experiencing homelessness into the conversation, which is why I'm the only counselor who has 
held homeless town halls, not at City Hall, but at places like the Salvation Army where people are more comfortable, uh, to talk about things like the city's encampment removal policy, which I've been involved with through the City Council Public Safety Committee, which I share. Also through that, that committee, I led a homelessness initiative that brought forward eight recommendations on what the City Council can do in conjunction with other community partners on how to address homelessness and we've been moving forward on practical things like we need more publicly accessible bathrooms in the downtown. From a non-policy perspective, Lauren Glenn, um, you know, when CHCB was unable to operate the low barrier shelter for this winter, there was a short amount of time to find a new uh, operator for that. And you know, one of the benefits of being a counselor is you get access to this great network, you get to meet all these different amazing people. Uh, and in short order, I worked to broker a relationship between a new place, the state, and the city, as well as CHCB, who was the prior operator. And we got that shelter open in time for November 1st. If we weren't able to do that, folks would have been out literally sleeping in sub-zero sub weather. Okay. And so both from a policy perspective and from a community organizing perspective, I think I've been effective on that issue. Thank you. Can you give me a 30-second closing statement? Uh, yeah, well, thank you all for, for tuning in tonight. Um, you know, one thing that I had talked about at the opening of this was kind of who I am and why I'm running for, for city council. And, you know, I just want to remind you all and myself, frankly, about, about what got me going in the first place, which is, you know, working to lift people up um, when others are trying to tear them down, and then also to commit to public policy that is uh, both bold, bold and visionary, but that with a plan to actually get things done. And I think that my record is clear on, 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 on those topics. And, you know, if given an opportunity to serve another two-year term, I'd look forward to, to bringing those ideals and principles back to the City Council. Thank you, Adam Roof. Jane Stromberg, your closing comments, 30 seconds. Yeah. Well, um, I wouldn't be running if I thought that the current leadership was taking these really time-sensitive issues seriously. Um, we are in a climate emergency. Emergencies are time-sensitive and scary. And I think that we are not reacting at the same level that the crisis demands, quite frankly. And, um, you know, we do need swift and bold action on that level. And we need to be enforcing rent control. That's something that no one has talked about, really. That's, you know... Yes, it was nice to hear your input on that, but that isn't a conversation that's taken place that's actually really put anything into effect. And I think that's something that this city could really benefit from. Um, you know, we do need that accountability-centered police contract, and we also really do need to focus on our mental health, like addictions and recovery programs in the city. There are way too many people falling through the cracks, and we have the money and we have the resources. They're just not allocated appropriately. Um, so, you know, we are out knocking on every door and um, engaging and listening to every single person that we're talking to because that's all that matters. It's the input that we're getting back and, you know, it's a face-to-face -face conversation and it's about how people are feeling and what they're going through and that's all that matters at the end of the day. You know, you don't get into politics if you're interested in anything else, quite frankly. So I want to be that change. I want us all to be a part of this movement and, you know, please join me in putting the people and the planet before profit. Wonderful. Thank you so much. We've been speaking with two candidates for Burlington City Council Ward 8. Jane Stromberg, who's running as progressive, and Adam Roof, who's running as Democrat. He's the incumbent. Thank you both for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for the calls. And stay tuned here at Town Meeting Television for continuing coverage of Town Meeting 2020. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Great.